I want you to hear this. Um, this was wonderful to see advocacy. Don't don't slam our young people. Do not do that. These kids were fantastic. Um, the girl walked up with her brother, and they gave um, a deputation, in essence, in favor of Young Street going to uh, bike lanes. Councilor Amber Morley asked what they'd say to drivers, um, and this is some of the response here. I, well, I don't have the girl's name even, but the reporter basically um, put this out. It went kind of viral, and, and here's what she said. Pretty soon, I'll be graduating to a bigger bike, and I won't be able, and I won't be able to ride on the sidewalks. I'm excited, but also scared. I will be on the streets with cars and trucks, I'm with only a helmet to protect me. I don't think that's a safe idea. So I'm asking you today to please support bike lanes in Midtown and all over Toronto. We need more bikes and less cars. Thank you for listening. Okay, she was great. She was fantastic. She may have made the case that no one uh, who's 10 should ride the bike in, in a city. I, don't, I get nervous when I see yeah. kids on bikes. I see kids on skateboards. I see it in my subdivision. And this is why, again, like I think there's more radar cameras all over the place, which is like keep it to 35, keep it to 40, probably three times a year. And then I set myself straight for about four months. I know I'm going too fast inside a school zone, but that girl was uh, was adorable. Let's let's. You know, I, I love people who are young and, and active uh, like that. Let's check in with uh, City Councilor Brad Bradford in Toronto. Were you a political activist at age nine, or did this come later in life to you, like your teens? Could you have done that at nine, Brad? Uh, absolutely not. Much later in life. <laughs> Actually, not until I, I even got this job. I was a bureaucrat before that. So political activism was generally a no-go. But, you know, those experiences um, from folks of all ages, it's really important informing our decisions and, and just understanding the lived perspective of a nine-year-old and what safe cycling options mean to her on Young Street. Yeah, they really do. Um, you know, there's so much that that uh, you and, and City Council had to be really proactive about during the pandemic. How do we do this? Cafe TO is one. Active TO is another. Um, but but I, I get it that some people were like, well, what's going to stick and what's not? And when I hear that there's been pushback, look, I think there'd be an issue like this would be bound to divide people and business owners along the street and obviously people who have to be in cars every day. Not everyone's got an option to ride a bike. We never think about that sometimes. No, that's right. And you have to be really thoughtful in how you do this. This, uh, the bike lanes on Young Street in particular, it's been a nearly two-year journey from, from when they were first conceived. And you're right, it goes back to the pandemic. How are we going to get people moving around safely on those hyper-local trips in the neighborhood? Uh, you'll recall TTC ridership was a lot lower than it is now, mm-hmm. and we were looking for, for ways to get folks north-south. So that's where this started. And uh, 18 months later, uh, dozens of consultation meetings, thousands of points of feedback, you know, we're at a position now where we're able to approve those on a go forward basis. But what I think is important to emphasize here is uh, these projects are a work in progress and change in our city is hard. And, uh, you know, if you you want to talk about engagement, I think we had 90 different deputants, uh, including that little girl yesterday at Infrastructure and Environment Committee. So there's nothing like a bike lane to get Torontonians out uh, to have a civic conversation. Brad Bradford is our guest. He's also the chair of planning and housing committee, and we'll get to some housing issues, starting with him. It's a passion of him. He wants to get this right uh, for all the residents of the city. Um, I'd ask you whether or not, knowing what you know about urban planning, when you look at our roadways, um, I I often go to major cities, and I'm like, now Toronto's got it more right than wrong when you see so many of the one-ways, so many roads that twist and turn. When you look at them, what do you see? Have have we built some of them 
wrong that that were just they, they were just built for a smaller population 70 80 years ago and we just haven't altered them much since then absolutely i would agree with that i mean toronto is a big city we're a big amalgamated city 640 square kilometers folks often lose sight of that and uh you know it's it's a product of the different boroughs that have come together and you know we we are experiencing a tremendous amount of growth we have now passed three million people in this city and you, you look at the immigration numbers that the federal government are directing uh, we're going to have half a million folks moving to the region on an annual basis the bulk of which are going to be settling in the gta and the bulk of which are going to be settling in toronto so the point about active transportation the point about transit pedestrianism and yes driving is we've got a lot of sort of competing interests when it comes to mobility and getting people moving and the challenge for cities like toronto is a lot of these streets you're looking at a retrofit you know young street is 20 meters wide uh it's on top of a subway line you've got a lot of local businesses you've got a lot of what they call landlocked streets coming off either side uh and you also have a ton of new development that is going to be coming forward Ten thousand new units of housing will be coming slated to come to the young corridor over the next number of years so the last thing you would want is everybody to be in a car mm -hmm. and there's going to be folks who are driving all the time you know my partner she drives tries to work on a daily basis and and it can be a battle here in the city but the point is we need to provide other options whether that's you know, safe walking infrastructure, safe cycling infrastructure, and yes, investments in transit so that other options become viable uh, for people here in the city. It's not going to be everything to everyone, and people will always drive in this city. I believe that that is, you know, practically true, but it's about facilitating those other ways of getting around, and, and there's compromise involved, and, and yes, uh, frustration for folks too. Brad Bradford joining us. I worry sometimes um, activists, and I, I think sometimes in, in the media it gets pitted. I try not to do it is like bikers versus drivers some people want to do both brad some people like you said have have little kids and um good luck you know getting them everywhere on a bike you need a vehicle for that but if you lived 15 minutes from your job and you want to ride your bike or you let's say you live in liberty village and you want to wander down meet a friend and, and watch tfc on a summer night you'd rather take a bike you might even walk so i don't think we're we're bored i don't think we're 24 7 either on a bike or in a car there's a lot of people that do the hybrid thing and just want options for that that's right craig like that's a pretty normal response it's either or you know if you're mm -hmm. you're in Summerhill there uh you might not get in your car to drive over to the lcbo there you might just grab a bag and and walk down the street and pick up what you need or visiting the 20 different cafe to uh local patios that we have in the neighborhood now those trips uh will be taken in different ways sometimes and, and there will be folks driving too but it is about options and you know the world-class city the cities that are most exciting the streets that are most vibrant provide uh, accommodation for those options and you know I actually used to live at Young and St. Clair uh, when I was working in consulting here in the city and I would uh, at that time try and take transit down to our office at, at Young and Bloor and I remember there'd be days when it'd be two or three trains before I could get on one uh, driving wasn't appealing then and that's actually how I started riding a bike yeah. uh, you know whatever that is 12 or 15 years ago so it's a much more comfortable experience now. Young Street was always challenging, I think, uh, you know, for anyone who's been in the neighborhood for a long time. Um, but this is just about providing safer options for people to move in different ways and, and mm. listening to the feedback on what's not working and how we can make it better. 
people always lament in Toronto the pilot progress, you know, process. Why are we doing pilots? We know it works already. And I, I push back, particularly in the advocate community, and say, well, we do pilots because it offers an opportunity for us to fix things when they're not working, because it offers us an opportunity to listen to people's concerns and, you know, revise based on their feedback. And Young Street's a good example of that. I think they put in four different left-hand turn lanes at intersections to help alleviate uh, some of the flow through. We've, we've moved loading zones to accommodate some of the businesses. And now that this mm-hmm. will be made permanent, uh, you know, we'll be able to invest in some of the heavier infrastructure and uh, really make it a better, more permanent uh, project. Brad Bradford's joining us on Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. Um, the TTC, I, I think it has to work or, or our city doesn't work as well. Uh, you note on you noted in a, in a video tweet a little while ago, it's been a really difficult couple weeks. Where's your emotion at? What's your mindset at about where we're going to go to fix our problems? Well, I mean, it's just I think what's so frustrating for everybody is is the complexity of this challenge. Um, you know, we know it's not just one thing or the other. And I think sometimes, you know, in discussions or in the media or even amongst my colleagues, it gets suggested like we just need to do this and that will answer the problem. What we are seeing is the cascade of, of uh, you know, impacts from from mental health, from those who are experiencing uh, homelessness, Um, you know, some of the tensions related to the pandemic that is now playing out on the TTC in a very public way and and folks don't feel safe. So, you know, you see the mayor and and our chair, John Burnside, uh, responding to these challenges with their leadership. Um, You know, we are increasing TTC presence in the stations. Um, You know, there's obviously more frontline officers who are there. And and does that make the system safer? I mean, I don't know. I can't tell you with a 100% certainty. There is some logic to it. But I think we also understand what we're dealing with is all of these, you know, underlying systemic issues here in this city and in cities across North America. So there's no quick fix to this. And that's the challenge. I, I, I was at Young and Bloor the other day mm-hmm. and I, I go down the line too, which is me because I'm an East West guy and everybody was standing with their backs against the wall. And it was a very unusual dynamic. You don't see that um, when you look down the platform, everybody with their back against the wall. So folks are uneasy and it's on us as city leadership to make sure that we're responding to that. But I don't think anybody is suggesting that it's just one simple solution uh, and it's just add more officers or add more TTC agents. That is the response in this immediate moment. But all of these long-term issues need to be addressed and we need to work on that. And, and, and you're right. And and two issues of violence are intersecting. One is, is a mental health issue, perhaps with some of the older people that still have to be responsible for criminal actions. And the other, Brad, is it's just so obvious it's delinquency. It's it's right now. There's this trend line. I mean, the data is showing it. 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds getting arrested and, and maybe not thinking there will be consequences. And there's nothing the city can do about that. There's nothing we can do until we get to the federal level. And, and we talk about the court structure and sentencing for violent crimes. There's nothing we can do until then. Yeah. So there's there's all of those problems. And, you know, at the end of the day, the city mm-hmm. ends up holding the bag uh, and that makes it challenging. Yeah. But at the end of the day, customers those who are riding and rely on TTC, and you said it's the backbone of this city. It really, really is. Um, yeah. We need to make sure that people are, are feeling safe uh, and we can address, uh, we can do what we can to improve the system right now. But all of those long-term fixes, yeah. that's a lot of heavy lifting that we have to do. And and we got to work with the feds and we got to work with the province to make sure yeah. that we're addressing those issues. Step-by-step. Step. Brad, thanks so much for the time. Love our conversations. Always learn something. Thanks again, and we'll talk real soon.
See you soon, Craig. Thanks, there, There's Brad Bradford from uh, Toronto City Council joining us.